One year and seven months ago, Paul and Maggie Murdaugh were shot to death in South Carolina. Eventually, Maggie's husband and Paul's father, Alex, was charged with those murders. His trial starts today. We will bring you up to date on this case as we all prepare for the trial that some people are calling the trial of the century, at least in South Carolina. Everybody and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. I would say happy Tuesday. We're really recording this on Monday afternoon, which seems mm -hmm. to matter since this is the first day of the Alec Murdaugh trial, uh, or Alex Murdaugh trial. Mm -hmm. uh, we skipped Monday this week because uh, we did that big live stream and that... Uh, big jaunt to court last uh thursday for the mm -hmm. daybell trial or yeah well upcoming daybell trial mm -hmm. so at any rate we're a little uh off kilter on our dates and times but i guess it doesn't matter at all so not really but we want to welcome you all if you are uh watching or listening or however you're partaking welcome so much and uh mm -hmm. hope you're having a good start to your week christy how's it going it's going great just you know good. living the life Doing lots of research, really down the rabbit hole today on, you know, mm. what cases we're doing this week. And, mm -hmm. ooh, there's some, there's just some really sad shit out there in the world right now. There is. And also, man, people are triggered and bonkers yeah. and yikes. Yeah, it's true. On a good note, I've been beating and I'm having a lot of fun with that. So, well, very that. good. Good. I've been, uh, yeah, I've been working on a few things. We have some really fun stuff we're working on. But I also yeah. made a new cup last night that I think turned out really beautifully. It's mm -hmm. hard to see it here with the uh, reflection, but it's a it's a snow globe. So it's full of glitter in the bottom. And yeah, I'm in love it's with it. Very pretty. I like it a lot. Yeah, thank you so much. I well, was late because I made this cup of tea. Well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's as it's far a, as I get with making cups. I make cups of tea. Cups of tea. Well, it's a cup of tea afternoon. My God. It's yeah, been it very is. cold today. Mm -hmm. Yes. Aww. And just quiet. Like, I could just go to bed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Things are very quiet. Yeah. That's how I have felt all day, too. Yup. Well, let's get into it. We have a lot of ground to cover today. So, yes, I'm going to turn the mic over to you for some WTF news. Yes. I'm pretty sure every time we have to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell, it is WTF news. Always. You yeah. say. Yeah. So for better or more likely worse, um, Ghislaine Maxwell got to be interviewed for talk TV um, oh. over the phone, kind of on like jail video um, recently, which first of all, why is anyone talking to her? Yeah. Blah. You know, like what, mm -hmm. what does she have to say that any of us care about? But here I am talking about it. So maybe a little. 
Uh, I guess a little bit, yeah. So, as we know, Glenn Maxwell, you know, was the madam for Jeffrey Epstein and has been convicted of sex trafficking and is serving 20 years, unfortunately, in a very cushy federal prison in Florida. Mm-hmm. I was hoping she would go somewhere uncomfortable because she bawled her eyes out about being in jail during her trial to mm-hmm. the point that everyone was just disgusted with her. But I'm more disgusted with her now because this is her first interview since being convicted and sentenced and all that stuff. And, you know, of course, she was given the opportunity to uh, apologize to her victims. As you can imagine, she did not apologize to her victims. She said that the young women she sex trafficked to Jeffrey Epstein should just turn their anger on the right people. And that is the authorities who allowed Epstein to take his own life in custody. Oh, my God. I mean, gaslight much? And also, come now, I don't think any of us believe that Epstein killed himself. Uh, No, not at all. And also, gross. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're living and you've been convicted of these crimes. Ugh. She said... um, when, when asked if she would like to say sorry to her victims, she responded with, I say that Epstein died and they should take their disappointment and upset out on the authorities who allowed that to happen. The part she didn't say out loud was instead of me who allowed the abuse to happen. You know, she skipped that part. Well, yeah, because that wouldn't bode well for, I'm sure, the appeals they're still trying to get. Right. She also said, And as I said, I hope that they have some closure by the judicial process that took place. You know, that (laughs) one where she was convicted of sex trafficking. Yeah, that one right there. She wasn't complicit, right? No. Now, (laughs) I will say this. She shouldn't be the only one sitting in jail. She shouldn't. There are a whole lot more names uh, that should have been and still should be held accountable for this. However, come now, Ghislaine. You did this. Yeah. It, you have been convicted of this. There's no question you did this. Yeah. Good Lord. The judicial process that has taken yes. place. Wow. Please. And then the uh, interviewer asked her if she felt like she was also one of Epstein's victims. And she said, well, I don't actually love the use of the word victim per se, I think it's used a lot and bandied about a lot. But clearly my association by the fact that I worked for him and spent time with him and knew him and sex trafficked for him Mm -hmm. has devastated my life and hurt many people that I love and hold dear to me. I honestly wish I had never met him. Well, here's a little message for you, uh, Ghislaine. You would be a trash human whether you met him or not. So Mm -hmm. give us all a break. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that because we kind of all like to poke a little fun at Glenn Maxwell because mm-hmm. she is gross and she is yet again gross. Yeah, and that, that right there is hell. beyond gross. Yep. Yeah, the gaslighting, the judicial process that has occurred. Yes. Oh, you mean where you were convicted of sex trafficking and sent to prison for 20 years? Mm-hmm. That judicial process? Yeah, that one. Neat. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh doesn't give a damn as usual not sorry oh. sorry but definitely not sorry still super privileged and trying to gaslight got yep. it got it in case you were wondering and with that i will kick the mic back to you for our main case okay
Speaking of super privileged uh, and still gaslighting, Thanks, right? here we go. So we've really been talking about this case from the start. And actually, I think our conversation about this case started with the attempted suicide uh, of Alex Murda, uh, yeah, of, of sorts. I do not mean to laugh about this. I just cannot get over um, mm -hmm. his cousin getting charged with attempted assisted suicide i just yeah. for shooting him in the head you know yeah. unsuccessfully so let's back up a little bit and talk about the murdoz in general mm -hmm. this is a family that has had a legal dynasty in south carolina for over a hundred years uh murdoz great-grandfather father or grandfather and father were all mm -hmm. prosecutors in the area where he lives in uh, Colleton County in Waterboro, South Carolina, and in that area. And Alex also is an attorney and worked at a family firm. Uh, and he has obviously lived a life of privilege and also a life that uh, used the law to their advantage and maneuvered around the law to do whatever they wanted. So much. And Alex has been doing what he's been doing for a long time, but uh, things really came to a head for him. And so I, I wanna start with uh, kind of where things started with his son, Paul, back in 2019, mm -hmm. and then we'll work up to where we are today. So on February 24th, 2019, his son, Paul, uh, was with a bunch of other teenagers. They had gone to an oyster roast on in on on their boat on uh, Alex's boat, and <clears throat> they were boating uh, while extremely intoxicated. And Paul was nineteen at the time, and while he was drunk off his ass, he was driving a boat with five people, five friends in it, and he struck a piling of a bridge. Mm. And it threw one of the girls from the boat and killed her. Yeah. Uh, in fact, she wasn't found for several days. That's so awful. Her name was Mallory Beach. Yeah, she. it, it was a week before they found Mallory's body. And, of course, everyone who was injured, they were all injured. They were all taken to a hospital. And Alec Murdoff showed up at the hospital and started going in every one of their rooms, first of all, demanding that they not speak to authorities about what happened, and also trying to convince some of them to tell authorities that this other boy was driving the boat when it happened. Oh, gross. Which, you know, turned out to not be true, but he was immediately mm -hmm. going into a defense mode and trying to protect his son and essentially his estate from this accident. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I guess just, you know, screw Mallory and her family, you know. Yeah, sorry, sorry this girl died, however. Yeah. Such trash, man. Ugh. Such trash. So on May 6, 2019, Paul was arraigned uh, on felony charges of voting under the influence in, you know, mm -hmm. that in that event. And 
it's a really weird this happened i mean he wasn't even charged for 70 days after this accident he'd been indicted by a grand jury two weeks beforehand wow and the local community was a little pissed they're like uh sorry so why is that happening you know i people are starting to kind of get wise to the murdoz and, and get tired of the murdoz oh for sure but you know i think it might actually have been because they wanted this case to be airtight because he was a murder but Definitely. it could have also been interference on dad's part as well maybe there was something easily else. easily yep so then on june 7th of 2021 so two years later Alex called 911 a little after 10 p.m. and said that he had just discovered the bodies of his wife, Maggie, and his son, Paul. Uh, they were at their family's hunting property that's called Moselle in Islandton. Mm -hmm. That's in Colleton County. Uh, he called the dispatch and said, my wife and child have been shot badly. And he told investigators that he had been visiting his parents that night and got back to uh the property and found these two out by the dog kennel uh, shot. So the coroner said they died somewhere between nine and nine thirty, and he's saying, "Well, I just got here at ten o six. I'd been at my parents' house." Mm -hmm. Well, on June twenty third, this is all happening like at the same time. So catch mm -hmm. that they. South Carolina law enforcement decided to open an investigation into the death of a boy named Stephen Smith. Stephen mm -hmm. Smith in 2015. And Stephen Smith was a boy who died uh, very near their property yeah. from a hit and run that uh, was ruled a traumatic head injury. He had been 19. So this was on a rural road just miles from their hunting estate and in the 2015 uh, Highway Patrol case notes, Alex's older son, Buster, is mentioned nine times. And yet mm. charges were never brought. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever happened with that. It just kind of went away. Now, Stephen Smith's mother has always said that she felt like this was a hate crime against her son. He was gay. Mm -hmm. He had been targeted by some of these local uh, rich bitch kids, like the uh, Murdoch kids. Mm -hmm. And she had always felt like this was absolutely a targeted attack. It wasn't an accident in any way. Yeah. And so finally, the authorities say, all right, you know what? We're going to open this up and take a look at it. On September 3rd, 2021, Alex Murdoch gets fired from the family law firm he's working at. Because they have finally come to terms and to come to grips with the fact that he has been illegally siphoning millions of dollars from his clients and from the law firm itself. Yeah. Awkward family law firm. Yeah. On September 4th, so that was September 3rd. Mm -hmm. On September 4th of 2021, Alex yet again calls 911. He says he's been shot in the head while he was changing a tire on the side of the road. So they come, and as it turns out, he has a kind of grazed by a bullet in the head. He's not yeah. really shot in the head. Um, and he 
ends up telling police that it was Curtis Smith. Well, Curtis Smith, they pick up Curtis Smith. Curtis Smith turns out to be a kind of a loose associate and distant cousin of Alex, who says, mm-hmm. no, he wanted me to, to shoot him. He paid me to shoot him in the head. We yeah. staged it to look like it was just, you know, somebody shot him while he was changing a tire. None of those things really happened. Uh, but Curtis uh, chickened out. <laughs> so we ended up uh, shooting at him, but not hitting him. Mm-hmm. Uh why would he do such a thing? Well, he had it all arranged with Curtis so that he would shoot him and then his son Buster would get a $10 million insurance payout. Yep. Why would Alex do such a thing? Well, we learn a lot more down the road about how much his life was crumbling and how much trouble he was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, they both get arrested and are charged with uh, insurance fraud as well as uh, a few other things. Attempted assisted suicide. Attempted assisted suicide. Yes. On September 6th, two days later, Murdoch does go ahead and resigns from the law firm that he's actually already been removed from mm-hmm. and travels to a Florida rehab center, claiming that he has had decades long opioid addiction that's been a big secret. Yes. So he's in Florida hiding out in rehab. Well, his attorney, I am not making this up. His name is Dick Harputlian. Such an unfortunate name. Everything about this case is insane, including that attorney's Mm -hmm. name. (laughs) Including that name. Dick Harputlian kind of tries to uh, keep it from prosecutors or or from authorities where he is. He's just, he's in rehab. He's dealing with his issues right now. Mm -hmm. And it worked for a minute. But then by October 14th, authorities said, nah, no, we've got all kinds of shit we need to talk to him about. And they arrest him in Orlando and they make him come back. Yeah. At that point, what they arrest him for is a, has to do with yet another death that happened on his watch. On his property. On his property. This is Gloria Satterfield. She was a housekeeper for the Murdaws, and supposedly she fell down the stairs in 2018 uh, at Moselle and died. It was all very sketch. And Alex Mm -hmm. Murdaugh made an arrangement with her sons to use a friend of his as their attorney to sue his estate, essentially his insurance, to get them a payout, a settlement, because of the death of their single mother who took care of them. And, you know, here's the problem. Alex did what Alex had been doing. Yeah. He kept most of the money for himself and did not give it to these boys. Right. So, I mean, consider this. She died on his property and still her death is being investigated. It, it still doesn't track. Well, didn't he hire, call somebody with an ambulance that he knew, and then mm-hmm. the uh, yeah, and then when the body was taken to a mortuary, that was somebody he knew, and mm-hmm. they made sure to not do an in-depth autopsy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he contrived. Yeah. yeah, the entire Gloria Satterfield thing. Well, mm-hmm. when his kids. Her kids finally figured out that, uh, you know, they had been screwed. 
out of millions of dollars by mm-hmm. him, they had gone to authorities. So that was what he was arrested for in October and brought back to South Carolina for. So they were crimes from money laundering to fraud to breach of trust and a few other things. Mm-hmm. Well, by May 4th, 2022, prosecutors uh, go to a grand jury and get more indictments against him on more charges, including fraud and forgery, uh, bringing his total at that point to 79 state charges. Mm-hmm. Most uh, And the uh, attorney general of the state says that at that point, he had defrauded victims of $8.5 million, mostly by insurance fraud scams where he would do the work and then uh, not give them the money, lie to them, make excuses, falsify documents, uh, have payouts sent to himself rather than to the victims and things like that. He was doing it over and over and over again to try to stay afloat because what was true is that Alex didn't really have any money. They had lived way higher on the hog than they really could afford to. And so at this point, well, and the opioid addiction, And too. the opioid addiction, yeah. He was, uh, he was treading water and barely keeping up with all of his uh, financial uh, debts and, all, and was just committing one crime to the next to pay for the next one and, and you know, so on and so forth. And yeah. since then, of course, they have uncovered that he has had multiple associates, uh, friends and like that stupid Curtis Smith that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have been loosely a part of his scheme. Some of them have been defrauded by him. Some of them have been a part of the fraud, but there's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of his own little crime syndicate. Yeah. Finally, on July 12th, 2022, he gets disbarred. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Finally. What took you so long. Right. Two days later, on July 14th, he's finally indicted. Because all the while, everyone's like, okay, yeah nearly $9 million of fraud, dude's a piece of shit, Gloria Satterfield's death, Mallory Beach's death, uh, the other boy's death. Stephen Miller, or, yeah, Stephen yeah. Smith. Yeah, but who killed his wife and son? Come <laughs> right. on, man. Who indeed, right? Yeah, I mean, Everyone's... if he did all this other shit, then come on. Yeah, but the locals are like, nah. And Maggie's family is going, we want charges. What is going on? How could these two just be murdered and that just go by the wayside? And it kind of felt like it did for a while. It really did. I mean, it it was a year. There was no talk of it. It just was like. Or was it two years? It was. It was just a year. Just a year. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So suddenly out of the clear blue sky on uh, July 24 or July 14th. Sorry. Of last year of 2022. They finally indict him on two counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime and two counts of murder. So this is what the, uh, this is what the sled uh, agent said over the last 13 months, agents and our partners have worked day in and day out to build a case against the person responsible for the murders, murders of Maggie and Paul and to exclude those who were not. Today is just one more step in a long process for justice for Maggie and Paul. So even though it seemed like things got pretty quiet, perhaps they did not. 
just behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. On July 20th, Murdaugh pleads not guilty, of course. And of course, the defense team says, we believe the killer or killers are still at large. Yeah, of course you do. Sure, whatever. At the hearing, the prosecutor said the evidence is substantial. They did not give a lot of details, though, because they had an indictment, so they didn't have to. Right. They had grand jury did that for him. Mm -hmm. So they do say at that point that the financial documents touch on a motive. Uh, he was denied bond. Basically, he's been in jail for about a year and a half because as soon as all of these uh, crimes started to unravel, he didn't have any money left. Estate, no, and or no his, one's coming to his res rescue either right. because he's screwed everyone he knows, including his family. I mean, the only person that maybe would have would have been his son, Buster, who has been radio silent through all of this. Wisely. Except for that their estate was frozen. Their money was frozen. I yeah. mean, Buster was basically probably thrown out on his ass, too, because mm -hmm. there's nothing left. Right. I, I wonder how Harpootlian is getting paid. There must be some money somewhere. Yeah. Because he has really been in it for the long haul. He and has. Do you think that Rich or that Richard that uh, <laughs> that John Pryor's pearl clutching was intense? Oh, you haven't seen anything yet. No, no. Harpootlian takes the cake. He really does. So here's the motive. The motive that was uh, rolled out in December. And here's what prosecutors are saying. They believe that he wanted to distract attention from all of his illicit schemes and to also uh, rid himself of the problem of Paul and his mm -hmm. upcoming lawsuit or, or the lawsuits that were coming up against them because of Paul's accident, because everybody wanted to sue them for that. And that was causing a real problem because three days after Paul died, there was supposed to be a hearing in which a judge would decide whether or not they should uh, order a deep dive into Murdaugh's finances. Couldn't let that happen. Couldn't could let that happen. That was really going to F him over. So that was a part of it. The other part of it is that he was told that day at work that he had to provide an explanation for and pay a substantial payout to a client that uh, basically he got caught that day mm -hmm. at work. And there he was without money to pay it back and wanting to turn the tide and take the uh, energy off of him. And so that's what he did. He murdered Isn't his wife and his son. Haven't prosecutors also said that they think that part of it, part of the motive also was to, garner sympathy from the community yeah because mm -hmm. he knew he was about to get busted for these financial crimes but mm -hmm. this poor man just lost his wife and son yep except yep. nobody believed it nobody believed in alex at alex all. believed in his privilege yeah he believed in his privilege the problem is the murdoch's had been had overstayed their welcome yeah uh with their big law firm being the prosecutors for all of these years and then the newer generation of Murdoch's coming up like Paul and Buster that were raising hell and tormenting the community and people were done. Yeah. Their privilege and their, uh, their reign of whatever was really coming to a close. Mm -hmm. 
Then we learned just here in the last few days of two more things uh, that are very interesting. One of them is a piece of evidence that is really key to the prosecution. And it is a Snapchat video that Paul sent to multiple friends shortly before he died. Yeah. Now, the word on the street is that this video was sent somewhere around nine o'clock and it shows Alec Murdoch. There's no talk Alex. that it's, or, or Alex, yeah. There's no, <laughs> Alec, I keep doing it. We're going to um, talk about Alec Baldwin in Alec a minute. Baldwin, I know that's, that's where it's coming from. Yep. Uh, there's, we don't know exactly what the video shows, uh, but what we're hearing is that it at least shows him in the video that's timestamped and goes out at about 9 p.m. So he's present. The problem is he's present. And he claims he didn't get there until 10.06. Yeah. And the uh, coroner put the time of death somewhere between 9 and 9.30. Mm -hmm. So that video is super important. So they have now subpoenaed a representative from Snapchat that has to come and be there and be present for these uh, proceedings to testify. You know, because we're talking about a bunch of old dinosaurs that don't know how Snapchat works. And, right. you know. They have to testify as to how this works and what was sent and they when it was received. must have the video, and, though. I mean, somebody must have saved it. I'm sure. Either that you know, or Snapchat was able to recover it. Yeah. Maybe they were. But uh, but that's a part of it. We also have seen somewhat of a witness list. Uh, and Buster is on it. As well as Maggie's sister and a bunch of Paul's friends and other people. That's mm -hmm. going to get really interesting. Well, it makes you wonder what Buster thinks of all of this with his dad. Right. Convicted, you know, or uh, uh, accused of killing his mother and his brother. Mm -hmm. And then accused of trying to kill himself to leave Buster. Buster's got to be like, I want nothing to do with this person. Well, you would really, really think so. You would assume so because uh, it's really think, this has but... ruined his life as well. Right. It's taken but his he entire has been... from him. Yeah, but he has been really quiet. Yeah. Now, a forensic report was released last week that is pretty horrific. It ab is. About the specifics of Maggie and Paul. Uh, Maggie, Maggie was shot five times. Uh, one of those times, she was shot that she would have been on her hands and knees lifting her head up. Like, yeah after being shot and trying to uh, escape maybe or get up or beg him to stop or to stop. something. Yeah. It's awful. Uh, also, we also know now that Paul, Paul's uh, brain was literally shot out of his head. Yeah. It's really terrible. And that that's as detailed as I'll get about that. The, you can find the report online. I've read it. Uh, regrettably, it's terrible. It they is, were shot with really different weird. guns. Yeah. And Paul was shot with two different kinds of ammunition. Mm -hmm. It's really strange. Mm -hmm. Well, if Alex is guilty, he's an attorney. Mm -hmm. He's seen it all. Right. Now, now, he's not actually working as a criminal law attorney, but he's still an attorney. And his he has, you know, a legacy of prosecutors in his family. <coughs> and it would track for me 
that he would do some things that would try to make it look like maybe it was two people, mm-hmm. you know, and some things like that. And For using sure. different guns and different kinds of ammunition might be a part of that attempt. Yeah, it really might because it's it's super weird. Paul was shot with birdshot and buckshot. Yeah, Birdshot won't kill you. No. Buckshot will. It was buckshot that did the job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is a shirt. This is a part of the evidence that's really, really going to be, that's already being hotly contested. So Mm -hmm. it's a shirt that Alex had on and there's still a very ugly battle over whether or not we believe that that shirt uh, got blood on it while he, when he got home and saw these two, you know, killed. Mm-hmm. Or if it actually is blowback from shooting them. Right. Uh, and, and the forensic report says that shooting Maggie would likely have not caused any blowback because mm-hmm. of the way she was shot, the position she was in. But that shooting Paul would definitely have caused blowback that could have gotten on the shooter. I mean, birdshot and buckshot, how could that not I mean, she was shot with yeah. like a rifle bullet. Yeah. And so that's not as destructive. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So that's th- that shirt is one of the things we're going to hear a lot about because, mm-hmm. of course, both sides have expert witnesses saying, yeah, definitely, you know, what was on the shirt definitely could have been blowback from shooting Paul. Uh, of course, uh, the defense's argument is that it most definitely couldn't have been. And this is literally just blood from, you know, falling at the ground in front of his murdered family members and getting blood on them, on him and trying to, you know, save them or whatever. I, It's tough to say, you know. I. It is. I, well, and the, is, it, the, is it though? It isn't. I don't. Well, one expert says it's both. That it's. Yeah. Well, the one expert says that he used the bottom of the shirt to wipe blood off his face. Yes. Is it? And if they can prove that, mm-hmm. he didn't get blood on his face checking on him. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. I don't know. It's it's very graphic. This this is going to be very a very graphic um, mm-hmm. trial for the jury, I think, which is really unfortunate for them. Uh, yeah. So that leads us to today, Monday, the 23rd. Mm-hmm. And... Things got rolling this morning, right there in that courthouse that his whole family has served in for all these years. One of the things that the judge ordered was that a prominent photo of his grandfather be removed from the courthouse during the trial. Yeah. How weird is that? Like, they can't be venerating your family while they're also trying you for yeah. murder. It's yeah. so strange. Awful. Yeah. So... Uh, jury selection started this morning. We know a few things about that now. They sent out 900 jury summons. The first thing the judge did with the jury that was, you know, the potentials that were assembled was ask them to stand if they were familiar with Alex Murdoch. And every single one of them stood. I'm kind of amazed this wasn't removed from this county in the first place. Yeah. Because, uh, Wow. Then one of the questions they were asking them was, do you feel like you could be impartial about this? And some people said no, and they were dismissed. One of the other Mm -hmm. questions was, if you have ever had any legal dealings with 
the defendant or any members of his family. And some mm-hmm. people had to leave because, yeah, they've been sued before by Alex or by his father or another sure. member of his family. And so that's kind of how they're whittling it down is like, how many of you have had legal dealings with these fools? You know, mm-hmm. how many of you already think he's guilty? You know, that's <laughs> kind of right. Yeah. The, the questions they're asking and trying to whittle it down to a jury of an impartial uh, jury of his peers. It's they're saying it could take uh, anywhere from three to five days to get uh, to that point to even be able to get rolling. So no big surprise. Uh, people in South Carolina are calling this the trial of the century. Is it? Not really. But uh, no, but I mean, but for them, hell yeah. For that community, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, and isn't he now facing something like 99 financial crimes, char- mm-hmm. 99 charges in financial yeah. crimes, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wow. a bunch. It's a bunch. And that's just the cliff notes, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. That That's all I wanted to cram into one episode. We've talked about this case a lot, though. And mm-hmm. so uh, you've, you've heard us talk about it before, likely. But that's where things sit right now. So obviously, we're going to keep a close eye on it. Mm-hmm. We'll bring you the highlights and the lowlights. Uh, I can't imagine what we're going to hear out of Harpootlian coming through this. Uh, he already has been super extra and dramatic. Well, yeah, he didn't want any, he didn't want the prosecution to be able to present their, their, the motive that they think is his motive, because that would make people think he's a bad person. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we all know he's a bad person already from all of the other Mm -hmm. shit he is accused of doing. Your honor, it's not fair to say things about my client that make him look like he's guilty. Please Uh don't say things that are true. (laughs) (laughs) Wild. Mm. So obviously our hearts are with people who loved Polly or Paul and Maggie, yeah. um, you know, her been so family sort of lost in this whole thing. Yeah, you know? they have, and they didn't ask for any of this. Neither did no. Paul and Maggie. Mm-hmm. It's awful. So we'll keep you up to date on it though, because uh, it, it's, there's going to be plenty of fireworks to come. This is going oh, to be very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So Most with definitely. that, Christy, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for a true crime update. Yes. Well, after what has seemed like a really long investigation, Alec Baldwin has been charged with involuntary manslaughter uh, in the accidental shooting um, while filming the movie Rust. Mm -hmm. Cinematographer uh, Helena Hutchins was the victim. Yeah. And... (laughs) This is such a strange thing. They're fil- filming a movie mm-hmm. using a gun that is a prop gun. It's supposed to be a prop gun. It's not supposed to have live ammunition. And turned out that it did. And he accidentally shot and killed the, the cinematographer. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of back and forth on this um, for quite some time over, you know, will he be charged or not? Mm-hmm. Charged with two different types of involuntary manslaughter. There, apparently, there are levels to involuntary manslaughter in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first charge um, could could get him up to eighteen months in jail and a five thousand dollar fine. Yeah. Um, the second charge could get him um, five years. In, mm-hmm. in. So we're going to see where this all goes. I mean, the, the, the second manslaughter charge has a firearm enhancement. 
Um, and that's part of where it would be more time. Yeah. So this all comes down to some wording that um, I'm going to take from People Magazine because uh, it's helpful to understand it. Yeah. The difference between the two. So a jury would decide not only if he was guilty of the shooting, but under which definition of involuntary manslaughter he's guilty, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what that is, because this is a little bit confusing. It is. Um, Let's see here. So with the firearm enhancement, they would have to prove that Baldwin acted recklessly with the gun and not just negligently. Uh Uh-huh. So here's an example of reckless and negligent to give you an idea. Um, One example of recklessness is playing Russian roulette. Right. While texting and driving is negligent. Mm -hmm. So obviously reckless is much more dangerous than negligent. Supposedly. I don't even know if that really works because texting and driving a car could cause some serious mayhem. Right. Um, but what they're saying is, was he reckless or was he just negligent? Yeah. Um, there's also the question about, is this his fault at all? Because yeah. he was the actor. And what about the prop person who was supposed to load the gun with mm-hmm. the blanks, right? So it's, there are just a lot of questions about what's really going to happen here. But the prosecution in this case has been really um, motivated, I guess you could say, to charge him with something. Yeah. In a lot of cases like this, this would have been the, the props person would have been charged or this was just a terrible accident. Yeah. But we're looking at actual like manslaughter charges. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with it. You know, they're yeah. legal, legal ex- experts that are saying this is going to go nowhere. There's no yeah. way that he'll be convicted on this. Some think he will get the the smaller charge and maybe do a year in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, he's clearly going to fight it. He's not interested in taking any kind of plea. He is going to yeah. go to trial on it. So mm-hmm. we'll see. It's kind of an interesting case, but I don't know. It's 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 really really sad for the cinematographer. And oh, it's so ugly. The whole thing is family. so ugly. It's really really sad. But There's so many questions meant for her to die. There's no intent here. So no. And there's just so many weird questions about like, why, what really happened with the gun? Who did why what? Was it like that? Right. And, you know, they're saying that she was uh, in position, the position she was in because she was shot is because they were filming a shooting scene and she was coaching him and where he needed to be and, mm-hmm. and whatever. There's also the political aspect of it because, uh, gun ad, ad, activists and advocates and uh, conservatives hate Alec Baldwin right. because uh, he played Trump for, you know, all those SNL. years on mm-hmm. SNL and he's been an outspoken gun rights, uh, or, you know, gun uh, control advocate. And mm-hmm. I, it, it's hard to not wonder, like, how politically motivated is this or isn't it? I'm not saying the piper doesn't need to be paid. I don't know. I think that he did himself a huge disservice by doing that interview where he said that he didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. That he had the gun in his hand, but he doesn't recall pulling the trigger. Uh, he shouldn't have talked about it at all. 
no, no, it was a criminal investigation. He should have kept his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And, and people were do their job really and... turned off by him saying that because obviously someone pulled their trigger or mm-hmm. something really hand. malfunctioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see where it goes. It's an interesting, it could be a precedent setting case for sure. It, it definitely could, you know, so I don't know. We're going to keep following it. We're going to let you know. Uh, we've, mm-hmm. I've kind of just followed in the, in the background, you know, wondering like, where are they going to really go with this? But well, it, the, the precedent, uh, of the, of Bruce Lee's son. Yes. When he was killed on set, uh, it, in similar kind of similar circumstances and, and, mm-hmm. uh, there were no charges right. that, uh, that's one of the cases that'll be brought up a lot in this one. And mm-hmm. we'll see. It, it's my gut feeling too, that it won't ever amount to anything yeah. uh but anyway we'll see yeah very bad case so yeah. yeah it is it's just unfortunate for everybody mm-hmm. so i don't know well we'll keep an eye out yeah we will so all righty well that's it that is our first episode of the week we are going to be back on wednesday with a brand new episode as well mm-hmm. as be back Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain for case updates of which I'm sure there will be lots. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll have plenty to say by that point about this Alec Murdoch. Uh, I think it's safe to mm-hmm. call this a belligerent turd circus. Oh, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to get more and more belligerent, I think. So that's what we have going on. So thank you so much. Uh, as always, please like, share, comment, follow, you know, all of the things and thanks for being here have a good good day please take care of yourselves you guys you deserve it it's a wild world out there so be good to yourselves this has been yet another production of the true crime squad bye everybody